All right, you can grab a seat. It's, uh, it's good to look out here and see you guys this morning. My name is Chad. I'm one of the pastors here. And, and just on a, on a personal level, we've been quarantined for the past few weeks, so cooped up. I feel a little bit like a bull getting let out of a pen. And just, just know I'm doing my best to try to stay close to everything right here. But I also, I, I just feel so much for our church. I missed our church. It wasn't standing here. It wasn't that. It wasn't all the other things that go along with it. I just missed worshiping with our church and seeing your faces, being with you, and the community, the, the, the life and ministry of the body that you guys have been to us. So I feel that. I feel that today and just want to step in and, and name it. Also recognize that we're starting a new series. So last week we we started talking about the Father, and this is a a, a space for us in which we we want to recognize that sometimes we actually neglect and forget to to think about God the Father, and so we want to do some work around that. And I want to invite you to pray for me as I pray for you in these things. I so if you, if you would just kind of stop, I know, I know we pray a lot in this, and that's no accident, but I don't know what you brought into this today. I don't know what you're carrying in today. I don't know what, what you're dragging in today or soaring in here today, but, but for all of us just to kind of stop and say, God, meet us. So let's pray around those things. Father, I pray that we would see in your word your goodness, your great love, your incredible grace, and how you have come and pursued your people. You've left the porch. You've run after your children. You sent Jesus the Son. And God... I don't want to be a person, I don't want us to be a church, and I don't want anyone here just to go through some religious experience together. And so I, I pray that you would meet us, and I pray that you would work in our hearts today. So take this, I pray that you'd guard my tongue, that you would keep me from saying anything that would diminish you or distract from you in any way. That, Father, that you would stir our affections because of what you've done. You'd stir our affections to love you more today, to be formed into your image, to walk in your ways. Pray these things through the Son, because of the Father, and by by the work of the Spirit in our lives. Amen. Well, we're thinking about this, and we're, we're thinking about God's love, God, God the Father at work, and what it looks like. We, we often have to kind of back up and, and think about ourselves a little bit in this as well. Like, we really can't know ourselves without kind of getting back to knowing God. Like, we're created for this. And so to, to think about ourselves, to actually get to know ourselves, actually leads us to asking big questions about who God is and why we're here. Why are we even on this planet in this? And then to, to reverse that and to say, like, what does it mean to know God? And, like, to know God and ask those questions actually, actually leads us back to knowing ourselves. Those things are intertwined. 
And you can't get away from it. So you can't just say, I'm going to study God and know God and, and, and not have that affect our, your own heart. And you can't actually go around and be like, I really know myself with, without getting too deep, like existential questions about why am I here? And that question leads us right to God. And we can try all sorts of ways to, to kind of go around that. We can, we can do our best to get and avoid that question. But God has a way of bringing us right back to who he is and what he's done. Most of us, if not all of us, have some idea uh, of who God is. And we, we have almost a caricature. We, we, can, we, we, we have these like drawing of who God is. And maybe it's drawn from, from pop culture. Maybe it's drawn from, uh, from the Simpsons or, or a million other things that kind of inform us. But like, often we, we just think of God in these cartoonish ways. Like God of the Old Testament as being this bad cop. And Jesus of the, the New Testament being this good cop. And, and like I'm just going to kind of run behind Jesus and not have to face God. We, we also kind of think of God as just as like resting on a cloud and distant somehow. We, we might even get our head around the term holy and, and just think of God as like this other that doesn't want anything to do with his people. And that's actually just not at all what the scripture teaches us. All of us are also, when we, we start talking about God the Father, we that gets really tangly real fast with our own fathers, with our, with our own issues, good or bad. You might have had the greatest dad that's ever been on this earth, and yet there's still going to be some issues kind of tangled up in there. Like you may have had a, a really busted up dad that hurt you or is currently like wounding in a lot of ways. There, there may be all sorts of things, but I guarantee you every single one of us in here has some type of tangled mess related to our relationship with our own earthly dad. There's no way of talking about God the Father without kind of getting into that knot a little bit. I have three kids. I have three daughters. I love them. I hope that I'm a good dad to them. But it is a certainty that they're going to need counseling. It is without a doubt that they're going to need some counseling because to be around me is just going to tangle them up in all sorts of things. And to, to talk about God the Father is like, I, I hope I point you to Jesus. But oftentimes, uh, I'm a really poor picture of that. And so we've got these moments. This is, this is where it actually gets uh, really tricky for us because most of my conversations when I sit down with someone over coffee or, or lunch or we're, we're just talking about like we're, what's God stirring in your heart, like we, we get to this somewhere. And it might not get named as like a father issue, but like there's an ignoring of it, there's a neglect or even just altogether missing the fact that God's great love as father is manifest in your life. This gets really tricky and sticky for us. It, it actually gets to be where we start to untangle this. It gets to, you, we have these visceral feelings. It starts to produce anxiety. Maybe, maybe when we start talking about the father, that leads you to feel rejected. That stirs in you some feelings of rejection. Maybe when we start talking about the Father, it stirs in you a feeling of maybe like being unwanted or, or feeling unwanted. Maybe when we start talking about this, it, it stirs up these feelings in you uh, of feeling not good enough. And so I don't, I don't really know what each of us carries in here around God the Father. But I, 
I think that's why it leads us right back to this text. Uh, and so if you have your Bible, we're going to be in John 14. And, and we want to look at this because I think it helps us to unpack some of these things. John 14 leads us to, to ask kind of two questions. And, and this text uh, really forms those two questions naturally. And it's, what is Jesus showing us about God the Father? And then the natural outflow of that is like, what does that have to do with us today? Like, what is this uh, account from Israel years ago, what does this account have to do with us today? And so, what is Jesus showing us about the Father is where we want to jump into. Last week, Jeff raised this question of, like, is God your Father? Is God your Father? And if he is, what does that mean for us? What, what does that mean for your relationship with him? Today, we, we just simply want to say, what does it even look like? When Jesus is showing us this, what, is, what does that mean? And so we, we step into this section here in John 14. John 14 is, is like the end of this conversation. It, it, it covers several chapters. So it goes from 14 to 17, this conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. And he's talking through this with them. And he's basically saying again and again, I am, am leaving. I'm, I'm like going to suffer and, and going to have this really hard time. And, it, and over and over, the disciples are like, nah, no, you're not. You're king. We get it. Jesus again and again points out, like, this is what it's going to look like. I am going to die. I'm going to raise again. And it's in John chapter 14 in which they, like, they start to kind of clue in. They start to get it a little bit. And Jesus talks about, I am going away with the, the, to the disciples. He's like, I am going away and I'm going to prepare something for you. So maybe you've heard this passage before, this idea of Jesus going away to the Father's house and preparing rooms for his children. And so right here in John 14, you have Jesus telling him, like, I'm going to the Father's house. I am going, and this is actually good for you. And they're like, no, no chance. I don't get this. Like, what's going on with it? Here is Jesus saying something really specific for us. Here's Jesus pointing these things out. And so I want you to, to see it. He's spoken to them so many times, and here they are. So in verse 5, Thomas, one of the disciples, actually says this. He said to them, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Thomas asks this question that's really analytical. Jesus says he's going away. You're going to know the way there. Uh, it's going to work out for you guys. Thomas raises his hands and is like, uh, we don't know the way to this place. How are we supposed to get there? How are we supposed to get there? He's basically speaking for all of us. He's basically making this statement for all of us right here. Jesus, we've got no idea where this is. We don't actually get this. Jesus' response is something else. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And here's where it gets really interesting for us. Because if you've been around church at all, if you, if you grew up going to church, if you've been in church, if you've gone to church camp, you've probably heard this verse. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and so often what we do with this verse is that we just pull it out and, and we make that the, the one thing and, and everything. And we actually neglect the second part, which is so essential for us, that no one comes to the Father except through me. And if we've done that, if we, if we skip the second part of it, then we've missed something really important. We, we never want to neglect that there's only one way to God. We never want to neglect that Jesus, through his work, is so essential and central to who we are as believers. But if we miss the second part, we miss so much of this message that Jesus is communicating. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, this is a really familiar verse. This is something that we go to again and again. But we don't want to miss the fact that Jesus, even right here in this declaration, I am the way, I am the truth, I'm the life, I'm the way to what? To the Father. To the Father. Jesus has come. Jesus has come to, to earth. Jesus' ministry right here is pointing us right to the heart of the Father. Right to who it is that has loved him and sent him and loves you as well. It's not an accident. God the Son chases us down in order to bring us to God the Father. They're not at odds against each other. There's not some competition between God and Jesus. They're actually right there working together. And Jesus, every bit of what Jesus is doing is to set you right before the Father's love in your life. And so notice notice Philip is starting to track this. Notice he's trying to keep up with everything that Jesus is saying. And then you get verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Now, just kind of let, let that one soak in. In Jesus, it's not set against each other. It's not, they're not at odds with each other. When we see Jesus and we see Jesus' love and grace and how he is with people, we see the love of the Father. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. You see, Jesus is saying, that the, the very character, the very identity, the actions of the Father are one and the same. They are seen in and through the works of Jesus. And so for us to, to miss it, to us, for us to neglect that there's actually a Father, a perfect Father who's calling us, who's opening his arms to us, who's literally uh, moving heaven and earth to meet you and to receive you. Like, we miss something really beautiful. Father's love shines through the Son. And this isn't just like some one-off here in the Gospels. This is actually something that we see. John chapter 1 says this. 
John chapter 1, verse 18. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. That means Jesus has made him known, made, made God the Father known. Colossians 1, verse 15 says, He is, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's not good God. Jesus isn't good cop. He's actually, he, he's actually showing you God's love. God the Father. And Jesus did suffer in our place at the will of the Father. He did this, but not because the Father is erratic or irrational, not because of any of those things. Uh, Jesus submitted to the will of the Father because he knew the heart of the Father. The heart that both executes justice and lavishes mercy. That same heart that is holy and present right in our lives. Not distant in any way. This Jesus who reconciles us and restores us. Notice what he says. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. You see, this is what Jesus has come to show us. This is what Jesus has come, come to show us. So what does this mean to us? What does it mean to us today? If we have like, what is Jesus here to show us? He's here to show us the heart of the Father for our lives. What does this have to do with us today? Now, all these years later, well, I think there are three things for us today. Three things for us to, to walk away actually applying and, and trying to say, God, take out this knot of all the other issues I have around uh, my own personal father. Uh, like, take out all those things and, and, like, work in me today. The first thing is this. First thing that we're supposed to see is that the father is at the center of every bit of this story. Jesus, in fact, is describing what he's doing as going to the Father, preparing a place with the Father for you and I, for these disciples. The Father is at the center. And here's what I mean. Like, too many of us know, like, detached. Like, we know these, these detached or passive, distant or cold relationships with our fathers. Too many of us uh, think that like dad's just watching TV or off on his own or, or, or not really interested in us. And that is not this father. Like what we have in scripture is God the father who is so he's so moved by his love for his people. He sent his own son. That he has, he has actively come. He is at work. You see, the, the father's heart leads him to take initiative, to lean in and to be engaged in the lives of his children. It leads him to lean in. If you've experienced... I just want to put this right in our laps. If you've experienced an absent father, maybe absent physically, or, or maybe even absent emotionally, like if you've experienced an absent father, that is not what is being described in Scripture. 
And that, that might be difficult to kind of separate. But the picture that we have of the Father in Scripture is one of God the Father who initiates and is doing everything right there to draw you to himself, to bring you and to show you his great love, to meet you right where you're at. And so maybe today, what you need to hear and believe is that this father is not on the edges. He is not passive. He is not waiting for you to move. He is not waiting for you to clean yourself up or to achieve something or, or to give him the right answer. He is not waiting. He's active and involved and he's at the very center of what you're going through right now. Maybe that's what you need to hear and believe today. That this father is loving far beyond the example of our earthly fathers. That this father is actually involved in, in if that's a knot in your heart, maybe that's something in which you just need to, to hold out and say, God, I don't, I don't really know how to untie this, but I need you to do it. I need you to work today. 1 John 4 says this, In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You see, it's not, it's not God on the edges waiting to see if you're going to get yourself and get your act together. It's God initiating. It's God taking the action. It's God running to you and to me. It's God who meets us. That's the message of the Bible. It, it isn't uh, your pursuit. It's God's pursuit. It's that God meets us. He is not waiting. He's not waiting to see how you feel about him. He's not waiting to see if you're going to be consistent. He's not waiting to see if, if you're going to show yourself true over time. He's actually coming to you right here. Looking to meet you right in this moment. The second thing is, this father, this father described in scripture is kind and generous. He's not holding back. He's not with, withholding anything. He's not trying to like just kind of take a measure for where you're at. He's actually lavishing on his sons and daughters far beyond anything that we could think, dream, or imagine. And maybe today what you need to hear and, and, and maybe what you need to believe is that Jesus wants you to know that this father is slow to anger. And he is patient and he is eager to help you with exactly what you're going through. Luke chapter 12 talks about this father. It says, fear not little flock. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Uh, this father described in scripture is not stingy. He's not, he's not withholding. He, he's not trying to get you to earn or to, to level up to something so that he will show you his great love. He is not holding back anything from you or from me. He is willing and offering you the kingdom. Maybe that's what you need to hear. Believe today. And in that is like, again, we're all tangled up in so many things. This 
this doesn't mean that he's going to give us everything. This doesn't mean that he's going to give us everything that we want, because I can come to him with a long list of things that I want, and yet uh, God sometimes has a way of surprising me. He has a way of surprising you. That, uh, sometimes our list doesn't line up with what a, a good and loving father actually would give their children. And if, if he knows right from wrong, if he knows beginning from end, if he knows uh, what tomorrow holds for me, like he knows actually what a good gift is in my life, even though I make a list that doesn't always include those things. And so when it says that he's willing to give you the kingdom, it doesn't mean that he's going to give you that new truck or that new thing. It, it does mean that he's going to give you everything that you need to know that you're his and to walk with him in it. This father is right here pursuing you. He is at the center of every bit of it, and he is kind and generous beyond measure. And then finally, the third thing, this third thing that comes up to us is something that's it's actually a little nuanced, and so I want you to hang with me for just a second, but I want you to see it isn't just that the father loves you, it's that the father wants you. He wants you. Sometimes we hear that and we, we kind of forget, like, God loves you. So, I, again, I've got three daughters. I tell them all the time, I love you, I love you, I love you. But sometimes they need to just hear, like, I actually like you. I'm not required to love you. It's not like I, I, I just am here. I actually like you. I want you. And when we, when we put God as bad cop to Jesus as good cop, we think, oh, he just tolerates us. He's just, he's just tolerating me in all of this. And this is huge. Maybe today what you need to hear and believe is that this father is not just tolerating you. He wants you. That might be something that you didn't experience from your earthly father. That might be something that you never heard from your earthly father. That might be something that is like a deep wound that you, you don't even know how to verbalize because of what you've been carrying and what you've, you've experienced and how you've seen an earthly father who's let you down or wounded you in ways that are, are, are bigger and, and leave more scars than people could even recognize. But what you need to hear is that earthly father is not this father. This father wants you. When we miss that, we're left wondering. We're left wondering if like, well, I mean, I kind of played this Jesus card and now God has to put up with me. And that is not what the Bible teaches. That's not what faith leads us to. That's not, that's not what it is to walk in this newness of life with Jesus and God the Father and the Spirit working in us. That's what you get by just walking through religion is we get these rules. I've I made my move, my chest move. Whoa. That was awkward for a second. We have these, these times where we feel like we've, we've kind of angled God and now he has to do this. It's like, God, you have to do that. I'm going to stand behind Jesus and, and you're going to see me only because of that. And there's, there's an aspect of that which is like, we stand before God because of the finished work of Jesus. But what you may need to hear today is because of that finished work of Jesus, 
God wants you. He loves you. He wants to wrap you up. And he wants to show you his great love. In ways that you've maybe never experienced in this life because of your earthly father or in religion because of trying to keep rules. If we just look at the Gospels, if we just look at the Gospels and we see how Jesus interacts with people, he sits with the sinner, he, he dines with them, he actually enters their house, he, he sits with people who are busted up and broken in ways uh, far beyond description. He actually meets them and he shows the Father's love and how he, he interacts with them. And, and what we get here in this passage is that he's actually revealing to us, to you and to me, the heart of the Father. Maybe today, what you need to experience and to believe is that love at work in your life. At work in your life. If we looked beyond just the Gospels and we, we took a broader look with new eyes to say, what, is, what does this Father look like throughout Scripture? We see this God who initiates from the beginning pages to the end. This God who comes to the center. This God who actually uh, gives good gifts. He, he actually is kind and generous in ways far beyond what we could have dreamed up. And, and this God who wants us. And we start to see that on every page of Scripture. This God who comes to us. And so today, I just would ask you these things. Where have, where have you been avoiding the Father because you're not sure what you're going to get from Him? Where have you been avoiding the Father? I'm just going to focus on Jesus or I'm just going to focus on the Holy Spirit, but actually missing this, this the Father's love for you today because you weren't sure what you'd get from Him. Where have you been busying yourself in order to not have to deal with this God and distracting yourself and running from it? Where have you been invited? Where are you being invited to turn and to trust again? You know, the, on earth, there's risk in that. But with this Father, there's no risk in it. And where do you need the, the heart of the Father to meet you? Where do you need this Father to sit and meet you today? We go right back to maybe the most familiar verse in all of Scripture. We've read it a few times over the last few months. But there, we, we should never run away from it just because it's familiar. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's God's love that set this before us. It's God's grace that initiated this. It's God pursuing his people and giving greater gifts than they could have ever imagined. It's God who wants us in this. It's what Jesus shows us, and it's why his mission is so beautiful. There's no way around Jesus. There's no coming to the Father without him. He doesn't diminish the holiness of God in any way. He actually satisfies the holiness of God with his sacrifice. He, he's, he's not kind of keep pitting this against that. Jesus comes and by his sacrifice, he leads us straight to the Father. 
Maybe today, maybe today, what you and I need to do is just to stop avoiding this father. Or maybe return, maybe return to this father. Confessing your sin and asking this Jesus to show you this father. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we need, we need you. We have so many knots around this issue and we actually need you to cut right through them. All the ways that we get tangled up by our, the good examples from our earthly fathers and the, and the bad examples. We actually need to experience the love of our Heavenly Father to see who you are and why that matters for us today. So I pray for my friends in here who have experienced real pain here on this earth through dads and fathers. I pray that you'd meet them. For those who had incredible examples for those whose dads were like a superhero thank you God for your grace but they pale in comparison to you who you are and so we ask your Holy Spirit to work in our lives right now we ask for your Holy Spirit to be poured out into open eyes to Do what only you can do. We ask that that uh, would be through the finished work of Jesus. We know that's the only way to you. And so God, let us see what you've done on the cross. What we could never do on our own. Let us see your work as beautiful and glorious. And more than just a reflection, but like actually showing us the love of the Father. And by your grace, Father, help us to believe it. We're asking you to do deep work in our lives. And that we wouldn't just be here for another service or another time, but that you, God, God would move.